0: Spark Pride Podcast, Fans First Sports Network, Black Friday edition. Is it going to be a new tradition for Michigan State football? I don't know, but it's a new one for the Big Ten. Michigan State hosting Penn State to close out the season 730 tonight on NBC. Most likely our finale as far as the outlook moving forward, previewing Michigan State football's game The reason I say that, if something unbelievable happens and it would really take an all-time Michigan State magical moment, it's possible the Spartans, if they can get to a fifth win, will end up with a bowl bid because there are not enough teams qualifying at six wins. And when that happens, there's a weird situation where the strength of schedule really starts to matter. So Michigan State is not playing for a guaranteed bowl win. They're playing for a possible one. And it would take something unprecedented. It would take something that, that we've almost seen happen. Actually, in 2006 and in 2020, you saw Michigan State teams with their their final game of the season play really well against Penn State, but come up short. 2020, of course, was the coming out party for Peyton Thorne. Michigan State should have won that game. Let it go away. 2006 was more like the best effort of the year for the football team that knew John L. Smith was already fired. And you could argue that it helped set the table for the next year, but I don't think it really did. It was just a, it was a pretty impressive effort. So something masterful would have to happen if Michigan State is going to knock off Penn State. Penn State is coming in and I think they're going to come in with a little presence. They of course have some Some players from Detroit, some were recruited by Michigan State, some were not. Some of that you can fault the past staff for sure. But Penn State comes in at a 9-2 football team with losses to Michigan and Ohio State. Those losses were because their offense could not score more than 15 points in either game. This one is not going to be easy, but we're going to take a look at it as we go With the outlook moving forward, Michigan State at Penn State, 7.30 tonight on NBC, part of the new NBC Big Ten package. I hope your Thanksgiving was good. We're going to break it down now on a Spartan Pride podcast. When you look at what Michigan State is up against this week, it's arguable that they're up against the best defense in the country. It may not be the case, but they may. The only one ranking higher than them on total defense is Michigan. And as everyone knows, the entire record for Michigan this year is most likely to be forfeited. And it's really hard to make sense of. Surely they're a good defense, but are they the best? Probably not. Not if you know a whole bunch of the plays. Not if you've narrowed down a whole bunch of the plays. Not if you've used illegal measures to get an advantage on the field. Really difficult for Michigan State here. Total defense for Penn State is second. The rush defense is third in the country, and the other massive stat when you're talking about this is scoring defense, and Penn State is fourth. When you add that with where Michigan State sets up, you have a massive problem. Rushing attack, the Spartans are way down the list. Now, they are not as bad as they rank in total offense, but they are low enough that it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem because without the ability to run the ball, not so much when you want to, but when you have to, without the ability to run the ball when you have to, you are going to be set up to be a one-dimensional operation. Michigan State is 120th in rushing offense. It should not be hard for Penn State to shut any rushing offense down. The Spartans have failed to go to an option attack, which is the only really thing I think that you can do to successfully loosen up a rush defense, and that's going to put incredible pressure on the passing game. Again, Caten Hauser is going to get a real situation. He's going to get a real feel for where he stands relative to how good he is, how good his team is, how far he's got to go. It is a shock sometimes for so many kids that have such a successful career early here, only about how great and good they are. And then they get into a situation where they're going up against some of the best in the country. And it's like, oh, wow, we got a long, long way to go. And that is true. Get an idea of how far Kaden Hauser has to go today. Keep in mind what we saw from Peyton Thorne in 2020. You could tell this was a guy. And he went on to break records at Michigan State the next year. Now, Caden Hauser, who knows what's going to happen? He's only going to benefit from playing. It appears to me that Noah Kim is set to transfer and or is, is nursing an injury. And of course, Sam Levitt has taken that red shirt, which is fine. Not a good sign for the 125th offense in the country. Michigan State is going to have a rough rough day trying to score now on the other side the defense has made some progress as you know if we count them up and we may do that when this era is officially closed you're going to be surprised how often scotty hazelton's defense kept teams below 24 points you're going to be surprised it's a lot more than you would think and that even applies to this season Not saying they're good, just saying they're some success there. When they've been good, they've been real good. When they've been bad, they've been real bad. And I I actually don't think that's so bad. I think Scott Hazleton's going to go on to have a pretty successful career from here. And he's probably going to look pretty good at different times, wherever he may land. Next, Penn State is really the 15th offense as far as scoring offense in the country. The problem is they, they didn't score any points in the games that mattered most. They're going to look to open it up, I think, and run this thing out of the gym. The goal of the Penn State offense is going to be to levy a first-half knockout on Michigan State and just put the game away, and then they can just work into getting guys work who want to, making sure they don't screw up anybody's red shirt, and moving on to uh, New Year's Six Bowl positioning. That's what they're looking to do here today. Special teams-wise, it's very unlikely that this is going to come into play, but we are inside at Ford Field, so... That is a small advantage for Michigan State. Jonathan Kim is an absolute future NFL kicker with a hefty leg. When you talk about kicking and you talk about Michigan State, this is the standard in the Big Ten. The darn kicking trophies in the Big Ten are named after Spartans. The long line and long history is the real thing. And after a couple of down years, perhaps, and a strange transfer or two, Jonathan Kim has made the case that he has absolutely belongs in that mention of great Michigan state kickers even though it's only for a year and i really think he's done a great job and putting on tape he's going to put hopefully put some more tape on today say hey, i can kick inside too you know i can kick inside also not so bad not so bad at all Spartans Lions Land Grant Trophy Season finale, we're previewing it today, Spartan Pride Podcast. As we keep looking ahead here to tonight, one-on-one matchups is going to be a difficult one. This is, again, a spot where you would have expected Michigan State to measure up with Penn State at this point in time in 2023 in fact you would have darn near demanded and that's what you did demand when you paid your coach and the coaching staff what you paid them. how's that going to look tonight it's not going to look good it's probably going to look really humbling at times it may look okay hey there's a couple guys on the field that could play with penn state how many this is going to be difficult This is really gonna be difficult. What you don't wanna see is Michigan State just get crushed and run out of the gym. That's what you need to be afraid of. Part of the reason that could happen is that the athletic advantage is with Penn State here until proven otherwise. And I would argue that it's gonna take, unfortunately, at least a couple of years to get where Michigan State's gonna be able to bang with them at the point of attack. And that's where it starts in the Big 10 East with the Big 10 East taking an exit out and a failure of leadership to get a four-division Big Ten league set up, which we've talked about before on this show, I'm going to still measure with you that you've got to be able to compete up front in the Big Ten to have a chance to win the Big Ten at all when the divisions go away. That's the difference. You've got to find a way to hang in the up front, one-on-one, with the best of them. Michigan State's not there, but we're going to get an idea how far they are at this point. Now, intangible-wise, I think Penn State has an edge because they've got more to play for as far as where they want to go with the bowl. They've got some guys that have returned that maybe have a little schism to settle with Michigan State and or Michigan to say, hey, look at what we've done here. And um, the more Penn State does today, the higher they can elevate to possibly get a preferred bowl destination. I think the outlook for the Michigan State Spartans to get a bowl is so low, I don't even think it factors in. I don't think Coach Barnett and company have used that to motivate anybody. I think they're just going with, hey, let's try to finish the season off of the best foot. Let's make this our bowl game. We're in an NFL stadium. A lot of you guys are home, et cetera. We'll see how far that carries or what it actually brings. It's not going to be easy at all. Intangibles are most likely with the Lions. Coaching-wise, this is a tricky one. This is what we're thinking now. I mean, look, um, Penn State's solid. They've really benefited. I think Michigan State's going to probably have to, to, to step up and uh, consider hiring something like a, another head coach like, like Penn State has. The Manny Diaz experiment has worked better than I would have thought. So if you're Michigan State and you have a defensive head coach, they basically may need to hire somebody who's been a head coach to run the offense um same way the other way around if they hire and I like the idea of hiring an offensive head coach as we've talked about and then hiring somebody really good to run the defense maybe even a guy who's ready like Max Bulla to coordinate or to retain Harlan Barnett to do that now here's what I'm thinking as well because there's going to be news for sure between now and I'd say the end of Monday night there better be news Spartans have been out here for a while there better be news What we're hearing is really concerning. What we're hearing is that the Michigan State Board of Trustees can't get their act together to approve and clear the way to hire a very, very big name and successful head coach. That's what the word is out on the street. The word around the circles of coaching moving is that Michigan State could have already landed a massive named head coach had they had the support lined up with the Board of Trustees. If that's the case, do not expect a big name. If that is the case, I don't think Lane Kiffin's being interviewed today or tomorrow, for example. It's hard enough to be a coach in a major college football program. You want trouble with support and hassle with trustees, non-football people? No. So we have a real concern now. This is not one that I could have seen coming. I didn't think Michigan State administration would get in the way of Alan Haller doing the job. As we learned last week, they probably did as far as his decision to terminate Mel Tucker before the season started last year. Way before, actually. So what happens from here? I'm not sure, but I will make you this caveat. Harlan Barnett's going to get an interview here very soon, most likely within the next day or two. If he goes into that interview and explains, here's what I think I did wrong, and points back at the games that we talked about earlier this year, starting with Maryland when he didn't make a quarterback change, Iowa, explain, hey, what went on Rutgers? If he says, here's what I did wrong, here's how I would do it differently, and I will not make those mistakes again, this may not be the worst idea. This may not be the worst idea to consider bringing Harlan Barnett on as head coach, letting him run staff himself up, and the key is he's got to turn the offense over to somebody who can make the decisions that he failed to make this year that would have kept him in the Maryland game, won them the Iowa game, and saved the Rutgers game from going down the toilet. If he says that, I would make a premise to you that that may be a better idea than hiring somebody from completely out of region who has no better options. It appears Jonathan Smith is the trend. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I don't think it's a great idea unless he's bringing an NFL quarterback with him because Jonathan Smith has 70-some games of head coaching experience. If that is the option, I would actually say it's wiser for Michigan State If Arnold Barnett comes in and interviews in that exact way to work out a deal with him, save some money, let some dust settle, see what he's got. I'm afraid the board of trustees has gotten in the way of Michigan state hiring who they want to hire. And the names that we talked about early, the names that Hondo and I talked about with you on this show, when this thing broke and then the ones that added like Kiffin, um, I don't think they're in the cards. With that impediment. Pat Shermer. Lane Kiffin. Urban Meyer. Big names. The names that we haven't even mentioned. Board of Trustees not able to get their act together is a concern. That's what we are hearing is the case. I would take the evidence as who Michigan State hires. If they end up with Jonathan Smith. If they end up with Harlem Barnett. Starting from scratch. I would take it as. That's exactly what happened. And I would present to you that that's going to be a tough pill to swallow and a tough thing to fundraise off of. We're going to watch the story. It's going to break pretty quickly. It has to break pretty quickly. Michigan State was put so far behind in 2020 by Mark D'Antonio. It got worse because of the pandemic. And, of course, it got way worse when they picked the wrong guy to lead the program who didn't leave. Imagine, imagine what happens if Mel Tucker leaves at the end of 21. Uh, boy, what a mess Texas A&M or Auburn or whoever would have had at that point, LSU. Those things didn't happen. What's the best thing that can be done now? My concern is that the best things that can be done now are being blocked and they, they had better find a way to get and see the light immediately or Michigan State is going to be facing a real prospect of sliding backward a little bit more. Overall, this is not a turning point game. It's a turning point weekend for Michigan State football. It's not a turning point game. In a perfect world, Michigan State somehow wins. They got a bowl practice. They got a new head coach named who comes in and coaches the teams and sees what's going on for bowl prep. You want to have, you always hear about the value of bowl practice and whatnot. I've always thought that's mostly overrated i don't think it's overrated if you have a new head coach or a new staff in there that would be cool we haven't really seen that we've seen it before brian kelly we've seen it here and there but that would actually be pretty cool to see and it would be helpful in this point in time very helpful so as black friday gets going and you're out on the streets on the internet etc i hope you enjoyed this edition of the Spartan Pride Podcast, the outlook moving forward, the preview of the Penn State game, and I would advise you to select your information wisely between the, well, between now and when Michigan State has officially announced the next head coach. We will be back on Monday, or in between as needed, to talk about it all in the Spartan Pride Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network.